This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Show us some dexterity as well with the left hand. What's going on? I'm your host, RJ. You're listening to episode 401 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA occasionally on weekends. Welcome to the show. Um, Yeah, we're talking Yankees, and we're going to get right into it. Not going to waste time. Um, They just finished up a series against the... LA Angels from Anaheim. And they dropped two out of three. Um, as I'm recording, it is Thursday, September 1st, 8 p.m. The episode should be out by the time tomorrow arrives. Friday morning, the latest. Um, Yeah, so we're going to talk about this series. We're going to talk about that in just a few minutes. We're also going to go over the... <clears throat> excuse me five-month progress reports that we give out every month. Um, and then we're going to talk about some good news for a change. We received a very positive headline just a few minutes ago about a Yankee prospect. As uh, And if you're a Yankees fan, you know exactly what we're talking about here. So we'll talk about that. The series and the progress reports will be out in just a few Minutes. Um, we'll start with the recap of the series and everything. Uh, just going to head to a quick break, and when we get back, we'll get right into it. Stay with us. Episode 401, RJ Carbone. You're listening to BD4. Be right back. Hey, fellas. I've noticed that only a small percentage of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops, consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the podcast grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, so if you guys want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. That's Facebook. RJ Carbone. And on Instagram, I'm at Rob J. Carbone. All right. Welcome back, <clears throat> excuse me, to the show. I'm your host, RJ. Um, before we get into the actual 
first game of the set. One of the few, I guess, positives, but things that didn't suck, uh, which was pretty cool to see. I mean, obviously, when you go for 60-plus home runs, when you're on pace for that, you got to get a lot of attention. But, like, it's cool to see it firsthand in another stadium where the entire, for, for a game at least, like, there, there were spurts throughout the series um, where the entire Los Angeles crowd was chanting, not the entire, but a big portion of the Los Angeles crowd was chanting MVP for Aaron Judge. Um, Aaron Judge is a Yankee. Um, who is likely competing against Shohei Otani for MVP. Shohei, who is a Los Angeles Angel. So that was pretty crazy. Um, I mean, every time he took the plate, you had fans standing up. Doesn't matter what jersey they were repping. With their phones out, recording, getting ready to see, um, you know, a piece of history. One step closer to history. And so that was awesome to see that. It's just cool to see that. They were showing the crowd, and they panned to the fans, and it was really cool. But um, not cool was the Yankees. Um, I mean, geez, you had a West Coast trip of the Oakland Athletics and the Los Angeles Angels, two teams that are at the bottom of the AL West. If they weren't in the same division, they'd probably both be in last place. Um, terrible teams, and, and the Yankees, I said at the you know, very top, of the series before before not the series the West Coast trip before it began I said they need to really be going six and one here and I said at the very 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 worst five and two would be semi acceptable the Yankees went three and four on this West Coast trip again the Angels and the Athletics they just finished up their worst month in terms of win-loss percentage since 1991. So, you know, all those 18-year-olds who were comparing this team to the 98 Yankees on social media, um, even Yes Network was doing those 98 comps, pre-game, post-game, you're not hearing that anymore. You'll hear the 91 teams comparisons. You'll hear my dad likes to compare them to the 78 Yankees, I believe it was. So... Not good um, when you're starting to get those comparisons. First game of the set here, the Yankees lost 4-3. It was Frankie Montas going up against Suarez. Bottom of the second inning, Reningfo, if that's even how you pronounce his name, hits a home run, one nothing LA. Then you get the top of the third inning, DJ LeMahieu, the sacrifice squeeze to tie the game at one. Kind of controversial. Some didn't want DJ bunting there because they didn't want him taking the bat out of Judge's hands, which happened. But DJ, not exactly confident right now, lays down the bunt. You know, and those crowd, that crowd may also say if DJ's going to bunt there not confident in himself, why is he leading off? Which is a very good point. But, bottom line, they did score a run and you had Benintendi coming up after Judge anyway. So, he didn't come through though, but uh, Rizzo did in the top of the fourth to give the Yankees back the lead 2-1 to one with the home run number 30. Or did he hit number 30 the next game? I don't remember. Um, bottom of the fourth, former Yankee friend, um, Mike Ford, hits a home run to make it 2-2. The guy hadn't hit a home run since he left the Yankees. He's played with like four different clubs since he's left the Yankees. 
So it was the most predictable thing in the world that Mike Ford had a great series. <laughs> Home runs and hits. Um, and then the bottom of the fifth, you get the IKF error, and then you get Cole leaving one right down the pipe for Otani. Home run. Three-run bomb makes it 4-2 L.A. Top of the eighth, Judge gets his 50th home run. 4-3 to three L.A., but that would be it for the Yankees. Um, offensively, they would just score three runs on six hits. Three of them for extra bases. Three walks, nine strikeouts. Um, and 0-4 with runners in scoring position clip. Judge, Benintendi, Rizzo, IKF, Donaldson, and Cabrera each picked up a hit. Um, Aaron Judge, his 50th home run. He also had two walks. IKF doubled. Donaldson was one for one. And Cabrera in the final at-bat for the Yankees just missed a... I don't remember if it was a go-ahead home run or a game-tying home run, but he drove it deep to center right in front of the warning track. Trout runs it down, goes back to get it. Um, And then on the other side of things... Frankie Montas was not good. Uh, six innings, four runs, eight hits. Three of them were home runs. Didn't walk a batter, struck out six. I just don't think he's very good. Um, like, I don't think it's a New York thing. A lot of people like to jump on that, especially guys coming from smaller markets. A lot of people are already joking about him being Sonny Gray 2.0. I was joking on a social media calling him Frankie Gray. Um, but I really honestly don't think he's, I don't think it's like a mental thing. I just don't think he's very good. I just don't think he's very good. Like if you look at his, if you look up his baseball reference and you look at the seasons he's had, not that good. The Yankees got him banking on what he's done in the last couple of years. And then he was even worse in his post-game presser. Pretty pathetic. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, saying how he thought he threw well, found nothing wrong with his performance. If you even want to call it a performance, um, it was it was a stand-up performance, stand-up comedy. Uh, but that's like, dude, you threw four splitters in a row. The fourth one was hit for a bomb. No shit, you didn't pitch well. How is that pitching well? You give up three home runs in in, in six innings, eight hits. Like, that's not pitching well. We got you to be the one B. We got you to be the number two pitcher on this team. You've pitched nothing like that. You've pitched like a number five. So, he wasn't good. The bullpen was fine. Two innings, no runs, one hit, no homers, no walks, two strikeouts. Clay Holmes got the seventh. Um, Lucas Litke got the eighth. That was it. Game two was on Tuesday night. Where the Yankees won. A rare victory, this one. 7-4. Jamison Tyone going up against Mike Myers. <laughs> Top of the first inning, the Yankees score on a Benintendi home run. Top of the second inning, Rizzo homers to make it 2-zip. Bottom of the second, you get Stassi homering to make it 2-2. Top of the third, Donaldson reaches on an E5. Two runs come across. It's 4-2 Yankees. Judge puts the Yankees up for good. Or... Gives the Yankees some extra cushion with the big home run, number 51, to make it 7-2. couple more runs for L.A. when, of course, Mike Ford would homer. Uh, Ward would single in a run in the ninth, but the Yankees would win. 
Seven runs on nine hits, three of them for extra bases, three walks, six strikeouts only, and one for four with runners in scoring position. Aaron Judge, three hits, his 51st home run of the year. Still have a month to play. Three RBIs. Benintendi had two hits, a home run in there. DJ, Stanton, Rizzo, and IKF a hit apiece. DJ walked. Rizzo walked twice and had his 30th home run in this game. Um, Pitching-wise, Jamison Tyone. Two innings, two runs, two hits, a home run, two strikeouts. He um, he injured himself. He, he left the game after two with a right forearm contusion. Got an x-ray during the game. Turns out he's okay. It was negative. He might miss his next start. He might not. But I think if he does, that'll all that'll that's all it's going to be. But yeah, you know he kind of sucked while he was in there. Kind of tired of him giving up bombs every time he pitches. That's got to stop. But he is who he is. Um, he's average. The bullpen was really excellent in this one. Seven innings of work from the pen. Five hits, two runs, no walks, eight strikeouts, and a home run. Greg Weiser, after horrendously debuting a few days ago. He's been good since. Uh, two more good innings, two strikeouts, and he got the victory. Then it was Licky for two-thirds of an inning. He gave up a run, struck out two. Trevino, pitch an inning, give up a hit, nothing else. Marinaccio, an inning and a third, one hit, one strikeout. He can pitch multiple innings because he can face both lefties and righties, and you have to love that. Um, his changeup is just as effective versus lefties as it is going inside to the righty. Um, love that he's been like a huge part of this team. He should have been here all year. It's a shame that he was in the minors at all. Um, Lasagna pitched an inning and a third, three strikeouts. He looks good. He looks very good. Since coming back, he had that one very bad outing, but after that, he's been nearly perfect. Hopefully he's back. I don't know. Hopefully. I don't know. Um, and then Peralta, two-thirds of an inning to wrap it up. Gave up two hits and a run. But the Yankees won three. I'm sorry, uh, seven, four. The final game of the set took place yesterday, last night, when the Yankees once again would lose three to two. Um, <laughs> Garrett Cole versus, uh, uh, I almost said Pablo Sandoval. Um, not much scoring until later. Top of the fifth, Glaber doubles, and then Aaron Hicks with the sack fly, 2 nothing. Yeah, Hicks actually played. Uh, and then bottom of the sixth, the IKF error, Otani homers, it's 3-2 Yankees. Um, I'm sorry, 3-2 Angels, and they go on to win. The Yankees just scored a pathetic two runs on three hits, two doubles, um, five walks, ten strikeouts, and one for five in scoring position. Donaldson, Glaber, and Aaron Hicks, the only three Yankees with a hit, and that was all they had, eight hits each. Donaldson one for four, doubled and struck out. Glaber one for four, doubled, RBI'd, two strikeouts. Hicks one for two, an RBI, a strikeout. Did make a nice play in center field. Um, everybody else was 0 for 25. So, DJ had a walk. Judge and Stanton had two walks. That's it. Um, Pitching-wise, in this game, Jarrett Cole... Seven innings, three runs, two earned, six hits, one home run, one walk, four Ks, and the loss. He's now 10-7. I'm kind of getting sick and tired of losing every time Garrett Cole is on the mound. That's all it's been the last two seasons. Last year, it was like that the entire year. 
this year it's become that. It's annoying. It's whether it's the offense or whether it's Garrett Cole not coming through. He's got to pitch more like an ace, though. That's for sure. Now, statistically, he pitched well, I guess. Right? Seven innings, three runs, two earned is nothing. Not, not, not terrible. But once again, he could not hold the lead for this team in a tight game. And I'm sorry. Like, you can blame Isaiah Conner Falefa all you want. All you want. And he deserves blame. Because he sucks at shortstop. And he absolutely sucks at those routine plays. Somehow. And we'll get to him. Alright, so he deserves blame too. But that doesn't mean Cole can't get some flack too. Because Cole is the ace. He's the moneymaker. He's the supposed alpha of the staff. And you have to make your pitches there. But the very next at-bat, after the error, he grooves one middle-middle to Shohei Otani, who now has 10 wins and 30 home runs on the year. Pretty cool. But that can't happen. You have got to be better. You're the guy. You get held to that standard. Don't like it? Tough shit. Live with it. That's how this works. A lot of fans don't like the expectation thing, but it's true. Not everybody is on the same scale. That's not how it works. Not everybody gets on the same scale. You, you are graded differently. You are evaluated by your contract, by your resume. That's how it works. And it's always one thing. It's always one little thing that goes wrong with Garrett Cole unravels the rest. One little error, threw him out of rhythm, he grooved one for Shohei. Clay Holmes got it after that, pitched an inning. Uh, was fine, two strikeouts, no base runners. The very first pitch he threw was concerning. It's like, oh shit, does he still have these mechanical problems? Um, but then he got it together. And a nice one, two, three, eleven pitches, eight of them, eight or seven or eight of them were strikes. Um, but the Yankees lost. And, and they keep losing. And I'm going to rant here. But first, we're going to head to break. Stay with us. Be right there. After this message. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Welcome back to BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carmone. You are listening to episode 401, 401 of the podcast. Now, Aaron Boone is... You know, I don't even know if I have the right adjectives here to describe him. To do it justice. Because I can't find a harsher word right now. And I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah, 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 all that. But as a manager, man... Disgusting. Gross. His his quote about Isaiah Kinder-Falefa after the game last night was repulsive. Vile. 
and 100% a blatant lie to the media, to the New York fan base. And just one more example of how soft this guy is. Because there's literally nothing that backs up what he said. Nothing. There's nothing that backs up IKF being even average at shortstop. So forget him saying he's one of the best shortstops in baseball. There's nothing that backs up saying IKF is even an average shortstop defensively. There's no advanced metric that says that. None I've seen. There's not any traditional metric I've seen. I mean, he leads the American League in errors at shortstop. And that's with some ridiculously kind official scoring by some of the keepers. The eye test sure as shit doesn't agree with him. So I don't know. Nothing. But he says he's the best shortstop in baseball. He's one of the best shortstops or something like that. It's like, dude, all you had to do there, you didn't have to go Billy Martin. You didn't have to slam your hand on the table again and tell us it's right in front of us. All you had to do there was say he needs to be better. Say he has got to make that play. That's all. But instead, instead Boone calls him the best shortstop. But it's like with Montes the other day, he didn't call him the best American League pitcher. He said, you can't throw four splitters there. You can't do that, whatever he said. You know, he didn't, he didn't sugarcoat it for him, compliment him, spin it. So I had a problem with that last night. I also had a problem with Boone's ridiculous, absurd, still puzzling decision to take the bat out of Jose Trevino's hands. Now, Oswaldo Cabrera definitely should have gotten that bat there. But his at-bat should not have come over Trevino. And it should have come over either Josh Donaldson or Glaber Torres. Because both of them have been pretty bad for a chunk of the year. Awful at-bats. Awful situational hitting. Awful approach. Yet they get to hit. And one of your very few consistent clutch Disciplined contact hitters gets shunned to the pine in the biggest spot of the night. How does one make that mistake? So I spent time thinking about it. It wasn't an analytics move. Nothing like that. No righty-lefty crap. Nothing like that either. I'm thinking this was the decision of just him being soft again. It was a decision of... trying to word this correctly. Basically, he didn't want the veteran Josh Donaldson coming into his office the next day and talking to him about it. Basically, he didn't want to hurt Glaber Torres' feelings because we've all seen how Glaber takes adversity. He gets all dejected and looks defeated. It's sad sometimes out there. So he was worrying about feelings there. Again, cupcake soft, this guy. I can't. I, I just, I, I, that's the only, that's the best thing I can think of doesn't make it right but that's probably what it was nothing to do with the game everything to do with the player 
The person, rather. Absolutely pathetic. Absolutely fucking pathetic. We're going to head to break, get back, and we'll do these progress reports. Stay with us. Episode 401 of BD4. So BD4 is on so many different platforms now. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and plenty other listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube and Spotify. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review as we are currently a five-star podcast and would love to keep it that way. And if you watch the podcast on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the BD4 YouTube channel. Download, listen, watch, share it, do all of that stuff to help us grow. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, RJ. You are listening to episode 401 of BD4. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, download these episodes, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Watch us on YouTube and Spotify. Um, Let's do it. Let's get into the progress reports. And real quick, a little disclaimer. If you are new here, um, basically how these progress reports work are we're going to go over every position player, the rotation, the bullpen, and the team as a whole. And grade them individually. And then as a team. So how that works, kind of touched on it earlier. Each player is graded on their own scale. So these are all based off that player's own expectation. So if player 1 has a higher grade than player 2, doesn't mean player 1 is technically better than player 2. It just means player 1 is performing up to his expectation better than player two is all right so with that said let's get to it and we'll start at catcher and we'll work our way we will work our way around the diamond jose trevino yeah i gave jose a b plus i think he's had a good year um he's hitting 264 719 ops and he's playing good catcher he's handled the pitching staff well He's come through with clutch hits. And he's just been a positive vibe in the clubhouse. So I like Jose Trevino. I like what he's brought to the team. I give him a B plus. Anthony Rizzo. I gave Anthony Rizzo a C plus. Um, the run production is there. He's got 19 doubles, 30 home runs, a triple in there. 71 RBIs. He even walks. He's got a good eye, 55. 93 strikeouts, so he's a good contact hitter. Plays great first base, but he deals with a concerning back problem, and he doesn't hit a lot. He's a 225 hitter right now, so at some point, you have to factor in batting average. I, I still, I'm a big believer, you all know that, and when you're hitting 225, you know, it does take away a little bit, so I, I think he's been okay. I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been very good. I think he's been so-so, a little bit above average. So Anthony Rizzo's been okay. Um, Needs to pick it up a little bit. C+. 
let's go to my guy Glaber. Um, I gave Glaber Torres a C minus. Man, he's batting two forty two, seven fifteen OPS. His on base is in the upper two hundreds. Twenty two doubles, a triple, eighteen home runs. So he's got the extra base hits. The slugging is back from last two years. But that's the only thing keeping him, like, from going into the D category. Because he's not consistent at the plate. You could have made a case in the first half that he should have made the all-star team at second base. But even the first half, he was inconsistent. And the, the entire second half of the season, he's been awful. Brutal. If he can't pull the ball, he can't reach it. It's like, where is Dylan Lawson here? Glaber's last 27 games, he's got a 449 OPS. An average OPS is around 750, give or take. But it's not the results. The numbers that tell me that Dylan Lawson's probably not doing his job right. It's the approach. His swings. The mechanics. Consistently the same. A dog should approach every game, every at-bat. It doesn't change. So I don't know. He's got to get, like, show Torres every, he should be showing Torres film, but only show him the, the, the uh, I, I heard this on a podcast, and I was like, yeah, genius. Only show Torres his highlights of when he goes to right center. When he's shooting it to right center, staying closed, bringing that balanced approach. Loses focus at the plate, loses focus in the field. Another lapse, another mental lapse the other day. Not keeping his foot, on, not, not stepping on second base for a routine double play there. Insane. Little league shit. Loses his focus on the bases a lot. So a lot of it's mental. Not a ton of it is talent. A lot of it's mental. And I'm sorry, just because he's having a better year than he did last season, than he did in 2020 doesn't mean he's been great. He's been pretty bad for a chunk of the year. He had a good first half. He's had such an awful second half that it's plummeted his grade to a C-. He's been below average, in my opinion, to his expectation. So Glaber gets a C-. DJ LeMayu. B-. I think DJ's been okay. Slumping lately, but he's a contact bat. Versatile defensively. Plays each position he plays well. He's been okay. Can be better. Can be a lot worse. He does a a decent job. Not nearly what he used to be. Struggles bad with runners in scoring position. I think he's batting under 200 in scoring position. But, you know, he's a decent contact bat now. He's just okay. But his defense is really, really what I value. Providing a lot of flexibility for Aaron Boone in the lineup to do what he wants because of LeMayu. So I give him a B minus because of that mainly. Here's a hot topic right now. Um, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, I gave him a C. I know a lot of Yankees fans would even think that's too optimistic. I don't think he's as awful as, as some Yankees fans think. I also don't think he's that good. Um, you know, I think he's he's his best his best um Stat is his 261 average. His best attribute is his contact hitting. But he hits the ball on the ground a lot. He hits a lot of singles. Um, not a good defensive shortstop. 
I think he's a good hitter with runners in scoring position. That would make him a perfect role player in that Ronald Torres type role. Right? Punch and Judy guy off the bench. I think that's great for him. But as a starter, I'm not sure you do it anymore. Maybe slide him over to third base now that Peraza's here, which we'll talk about. But I can see the case against him in an everyday lineup. But maybe he does differently at third base. That's where he won a gold glove. But I know that politics are going to avoid Donaldson from, from being benched. Speaking of Donaldson, so IKF gets a C. Donaldson, batting 222, 691 OPS, 12 homers, 26 doubles, and 108 games played. Occasionally, you know, once or you know, once every week or two, he'll hit a home run. Um, but basically, he's been terrible offensively. Uh, the only good thing he's provided has been the defense, but he's been so awful offensively. D minus. I'm kind of getting tired of him. Maybe it's a little harsh. It's a little bit harsh. I don't know. I gave him a D minus. Oswaldo Cabrera. Now I usually don't give a grade to to uh, you know guys with a small sample size. He only, he has only played 14 games, um, and the the RBI numbers there might be incorrect. I don't think he has 12. But does he have 12? Let me look that up. That would be pretty cool if he had 12 RBIs in 14 games. Let's see. Yeah. Um, Two. (laughs) So I got that incorrect. But, you know, he hasn't really been hitting a ton outside of the Oakland Athletics series. Uh, But his defense is awesome. He can play anywhere, and he's already made a highlight play at each of those positions. (laughs) So he's a spark. He's fun. He's exciting. And I think he's going to be a solid ball player. Um, He's played like a B-plus player so far, in my opinion. So, yeah. Oswaldo. B-plus. Aaron Judge gets an A-plus. I mean, we've said it all. Nothing else to say. He's batting 300 almost. The OPS is 1062. He's got 51 home runs, 113 RBIs, 78 walks, 15 stolen bases. Playing great defense. Center field, right field. Four more home runs in the next 31 home games. Four home runs in 31 games gives him 55, which breaks his career high. Three gives him his career high, ties it. 11 home runs in the final 31 games breaks Maris. 10 to tie Maris. 9 to get to 60. So, a lot to keep track of. I think he can do it. I uh, predicted 59 about a month or so ago. But, yeah, he, he might he might just miss or just get over, I think. But Aaron Judge, I mean, how do you not give him an A+. Andrew Benintendi's got a B minus. He's been okay. He could be better. Striking out a little more than I'd like. But he's starting to hit recently. We'll see how far it goes. Giancarlo. Honestly. Stanton's been pretty useless. Not going to lie to you. 
he's either slumping or hurt. And then when he does get back on the field, for some reason he's been getting this grace period because we're so used to him sucking right off the DL that we just like use that as an excuse for him to do it, to suck. Can we not do that for a guy who's getting paid millions? I mean, the guy's on a huge contract, and he played in 11% of the Yankees' games in 2019, 38% of their games in 2020, and just 66% of the games so far this season. So he's played in, 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 of the five or six seasons he's been here, he's played, what, two or three full seasons? Sorry, he's batting 221. His OPS is in the 700s. The only thing he's got going is the 24 homers, which is giving him 64 RBIs. He's got to do better. There's no grace period when you're when you're making this much, but let's go. Get it together. You're you're 87 games into your 86 games into your season. Let's go. Stop. Cut the shit. At one at some point or another you're going to have to fucking produce consistently. He better hit in the playoffs again. If he does that, he's cool. We're good. But I mean, we kind of need to do some things. You know, we kind of we have a few duties to finish up here before we can start talking about the postseason. If you haven't noticed, so uh, yeah, Giancarlo Stanton, I, I gave him a C minus. I don't think he's been very good this year. Pretty useless. Pretty fucking useless. Aaron Hicks, speaking of useless, gets an F. He does absolutely zero. No need to speak on that. The guy's a bum. Shouldn't be here. Will probably be gone after the season. Kyle Higashioka, D-. Please find a new backup catcher. Marwin Gonzalez, also a D-. The only thing he provides is a switch hitting option off the bench, and he plays some good defense. But other than that, absolutely dreadful. D- for Marwin. The rotation. I gave the rotation a B+. Um, Cole's underachieved to his expectation. Um, Cortez has been wonderful. Tyone's been eh, so-so, and he's been bad in the second half. Um, Herman's been good, but he just came upon the scene a few weeks back. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's a B plus. It's been good. They've handled the, they, they've done well. Three fifty two ERA, which is I think fifth or sixth in baseball. So B plus. Same goes for the bullpen. B plus. Um. Yeah, they have a two ninety seven ERA, which I think is second. Peralta's been doing well. In high leverage. Litke's been doing well this year in mid-leverage. Clay Holmes. Obviously, you know. Kind of a tale of two halves. Hopefully he finds his groove now that he's back. Michael King's hurt. Chad Green's hurt. Lasagna has been terrible most of the season. Hopefully he's finding it now. Britain's on the return. It'll be interesting to see if and how they use him. Um... Marnaccio has been a fun weapon this season. Just hasn't pitched a ton. They've been good. I give them a lot of shit because I don't ever trust a lot of guys there. But they end up getting it done more times than not, apparently. Statistically speaking. <laughs> and here are the Yankees as a team. C+. Plus. Um, remember, this is based off their expectation. They are 79-52. and 52, So, they can only afford to lose... 10 more games if they want to win 100 games, which is uh, just insane to me because where they were 
on a 125 win pace to now say that they might not even win 100 is insane. So we knew they were going to drop off from the 125. That's that's not rational to, to think they can get that. But you still would have hoped 100 to 105 would be a lock. Nope. The first 65 games, the Yankees were 49 and 16. That's 754 ball. The last 66 games, they're 30 and 36. That's 455 ball. So they've been 30% worse. That's a big drop off. Big drop off. Big pathetic drop off. Now they say you're not going to be able to string together hits like that against postseason pitching. We're talking about their offense. But it's like, would you rather have a 300 hitter or a 250 hitter attempting to string together hits? So to me, it's the offense. It's like, sure, they're first in home runs, they're first in walks, you know, all the true outcome garbage. But they're 20th in batting average, 240 as a team. They're 27th in doubles. They're 27th in triples. One of the very few teams still in single digits there. They're 21st with runners in scoring position. And the teams around them in that bottom third all suck with the exception of the Baltimore Orioles who are decent. Way too hit or miss. Not enough guys are hitting above 220 on this fucking roster. I mean, look at it. Look at it. And I had in my notes, it's funny. About, like, where's Peraza? <laughs> How they're manipulating the service time bullshit. It's like, why are you paying Stanton? Why are you paying Cole? This is Aaron Judge's walk year. What's the point of not focusing on the now and calling up Peraza? We've clearly lacked at certain positions in the infield. Third base, shortstop, center field. And we're not tied to any long-term pricey veteran contracts at these positions either. Torres isn't cutting it. I know politics has to take part in Donaldson because he is being paid a lot, just not long term. You don't have to play him every day. Hicks isn't cutting it. He doesn't have to play. IKF doesn't have to play. Marwan Gonzalez doesn't have to play. He doesn't play much, but doesn't have to play at all. None of these guys have to be here. None of them have to start. So why, why do they wait so long? Why did like you really had to wait this long for Peraza? You're really really not focused on the now. Every other team is doing it. The Orioles just called up another one of their prospects who had a big hit the other day. Every other team has all these young up and coming rising stars on their roster. The Yankees veterans and injury prone journeymen. That's who they've got. <laughs> so I'm glad they finally called him up. You can do a lot of things. You can, you can you know you can go Cabrera in right field, Judge in center. IKF starts at third, Peraza at shortstop. But again, politics will probably keep Donaldson at third. Cabrera at third, Peraza shortstop, Judge right field, Bader center field. You know IKF in that Torres role off the bench. Maybe eventually though you'll probably see Donaldson, Peraza, you know DJ Torres, and then. Uh, Cabrera mixed in there at second base, and then Rizzo. That's probably the more realistic 
thing the Yankees are going to do. I mean, I would hope Peraza starts. You know. So, it's nice to see him back. And, and, you know, a little scouting report on Peraza. He's, um... The number three prospect in the Yankee system. Right-handed thrower. Right-handed bat. Makes hard contact. That's one of his positives. Also a pro is he's very well-rounded defensively. Got the arm. Got the instincts. The range. Got some speed. The negatives. um, Pretty lofty swing. You know. He used to have like a ground ball swing, but he changed it a bit. He tweaked his mechanics. It's a pretty lofty swing, which which has helped him with the power. But it'll also, you know, give you some strikeouts here and there. And speaking of strikeouts, he's a bit aggressive. Leaves the zone sometimes. But I think he's got potential. I think he's got potential. I'm excited for Oswald Peraza. I'm just gonna I'm not excited about the name thing. Oswaldo Oswald is gonna take me a while. Kinda like it did with me trying to pronounce Isaiah Connor Falefa's name. I K F I F K Falafel Falefel Falefa. Uh Falefa. <laughs> but Oswald Peraza in triple A this season across ninety eight games, two fifty eight batting average, three twenty nine on base, four forty slugging, and a seven sixty nine OPS. 18 home runs, 49 RBIs, 16 doubles, and 33 stolen bases. Had a slow start. The first two months, he wasn't hitting well. Last three months, he's been doing well. June, he batted over 300. July, he batted over 300. August, he batted over 270. And now, he's in the bigs. So we'll see what he does. Hopefully, I don't miss his first at-bat, like I did Cabrera. Working. But we will, uh, we will see. Actually, no, I think I saw Cabrera. Anywho, that's it. Uh, we just have to start winning. That's all. Simple, plain and simple. So, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Episode 401 of the podcast. We're going to head to our final break. And when we get back, we'll wrap it up with the NYY, NYK MMA question of the day. Stay with us. Be right back. All right, so, sorry about that little uh, delay there. <laughs> Clicked on the wrong screen and trying to find the fucking uh, 
right slide. But in this episode, episode 401, our NYY NYK MMA question of the day is, in which decade did the Yankees win eight American League pennants? In which decade did the Yankees win eight American League pennants? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. If you attempt to guess the answer but don't get it correct, I'll give you a shout-out just for attempting to guess. I'm sorry, I won't give you a shout-out, but I'll let you know the answer, rather, if you get it wrong. But you have to attempt to guess in order to know. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Again, I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode three, no, 401 of the podcast. Talk Yanks Angels. Talk to Progress Reports. Talk to Peraza. Talk to Aaron Boone, of course. And um, that's it for this one. I'll see you in the next show. I think that's all we got. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Catch you later. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.